Hi, I'm Holly. And I am still Danielle. (laughs) Still, we haven't changed yet. Nope. You're still listening to the Spooky Hour. Hello. I can't believe we're at episode six already. I know. This is flying by. Are we doing a season? Are we doing like, are we taking a break? Are we just doing this till we die? Just until we die. I like this. Yeah. Okay. So do you have much, I have one thing I want to talk about before we get into our I know you stories. do. I don't have a whole lot going on. No. No one to thank this week except our awesome listeners. Yeah. We do. Yeah. We just want to thank you guys every time because you're awesome. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks guys. The UK is still killing it. So yeah, that's rock. wild. I really want you guys, if you're from the UK or somewhere in Europe and you listen to us, message us. We yeah. want to say thank you because we think that's really cool. And we want friends. More friends. More friends. It's just us two. It's literally. <laughs> and Cassandra. And Cassandra. Hi, Cassandra. I love the Oreos. I still. Every, oh, I, I smashed mine. Mine are done. Really? They're yeah. still in my cupboard if you want some. <laughs> yeah. I went through a family-sized box of Oreos in like less than a week. And the States, we Cassandra got these Oreos from the States. And you guys are a whole new world when it comes to food. It's amazing. I want to go to Target just to go on a Pop-Tart run because yeah. they have so many insane Pop-Tart flavors that we don't have here. Apparently, Canada, like, cares about our health. Yeah, too much. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently even the Corn Pops are different. I heard that. They taste better, apparently. Yeah. And I love the Corn Pops here, so I need Corn Pops from the States. We Every time I go to the States, I try to get some sort of cereal or something because it's just so much better there. <laughs> Always. That's it, though. <laughs> yeah. Just food. <laughs> we have healthcare, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to get, like, it's, I'm not going to get super serious, but I'm going to, um, we'll talk about a little serious topic. So last week we did touch base a little bit on this. Um, we were kind of pretty much angry about it, um, but it's about the wet so wetten um, and the pipeline that's going through their territory. Yep. And so we did get a little, oh, I got a little bit heated about it. <laughs> But um, I want to just talk just a little bit about it. Um, it's not, I know we didn't want to talk politics on this and it's, I'm not doing, it's not really a politic argument and I'm not saying which side is right, but I want people to be educated a little yeah. bit on it because it is really important to me. I have my opinions on it, but I'm not going to voice them here, but just a little bit of education about it because there was something in the news that happened today that I want to touch on because it kind of annoyed me. So just a look, if you're not from Canada, you won't really know what's going on with it. But so basically the coast, the coastal gas link, they are building a pipeline that runs from point A to point B through um, out West. So out BC area, and it's going to run natural gas through these pipelines. Mm-hmm. These pipelines are going to go through the Wet'suwet'en's territory. It is sacred land and it's their land they own that tribe owns it that's theirs (laughs) yep um so i just wanted to talk a little bit about it because i the way so the way i grew up is i didn't grow up in a religious household or anything like that my mom is um christian she fully believes in that but she raised me and my sisters to be able to pick our own yeah our own area we wanted to go through whatever area we wanted to believe in and she would support us 110 satanism i, <laughs> I did kidding, not sorry we're serious <laughs> we're here you should have seen the hand movements holly just did and <laughs> composing act. my face a little bit yeah exactly sorry um, but yeah no so i'm not religious in any any sense but i grew up to be able to respect everyone's religion and grew up learning about everyone's culture and being respectful of everything so i feel like that helped me a lot in realizing that i can be friends with somebody who's religious or Mm -hmm. respect their opinion even if it doesn't agree with mine so that's 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 my big thing about any aspect of life anywhere is just like don't force things on people yeah i don't care if you're religious just don't try to make me religious because you are that's how that's 
yeah. how we were raised as well. Just be nice to people, you know? Yeah. And just because someone's opinions are different than yours doesn't make them a bad person. You can have a friendly discussion and about a topic that you might not necessarily agree upon, but you can still, at the end of the day, still respect each other yeah. and be civil or be friends. We it's not hard. A, my boyfriend and I had a discussion about this the other night. There's a difference between an argument and a debate. Yeah. An argument is two people just yelling at each other. Whereas a debate is where you, you're at least trying to understand the other side, even if you don't agree with it. Exactly. Which is what I think you're trying to get yeah. to here is like understand both sides. Yeah. It's a, an argument. It's basically who can scream the loudest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so ha- they're, the coastal pipeline is going to go through um, their, um, their land and basically to... There's, I think, I believe it's two and two. So there's four, I believe there's four chiefs, correct me if I'm wrong, but two of them agreed to the pipeline going through their land and two of them did not. So there was a little bit of back and forth because it's even. So they want it. Some people want it. Some people don't. And that's their choice. That's fine. However, um, that's basically where this all stemmed from. Government basically said that it's a go like this construction is happening and so when they got to the Wet'suwet'en's territory the workers went in and was going to begin their project but the chiefs were like we haven't come to a full 110 percent yes 110 percent no so their thing is the entire tribe has to agree basically okay or at least like a majority a majority exactly like give them the right to make that decision it's their land that it's like that kind of thing so what they did was they put a blockade on a road that leads to construction site. Okay. So they put a blockade there, and so workers can't get to the, the site. The RCMP got involved, and everyone just got pissed off, and the RCMP um, tried to file, like, a an injunction to be like, you got to move, like, this is a, a thing that's happening, like, you got to get out of there. But they, they refused. So yeah, it got, and they have a legal right to protest. Exactly. So. Yeah, and so... They, it got, it's been getting a lot of news coverage lately and it's getting pretty heated and there's been like protests here. Like there's a, a, I was just going to say for those who aren't following it, um, the blockades have now affected, uh, us in Ontario. We're in Ontario. This is happening in BC. Yep. They've put blockades in Belleville, Mm -hmm. um, and it's preventing our via trains, which go across the province It's preventing, um, CN rail, which, uh, ships like goods and stuff to stores. So right now, like there's a train, um, on a bridge right by my work that hasn't moved in over a week. Yeah. It's just sitting there cause it can't move. And, uh, it is, I'm not trying to, be negative but no, it no. is impacting people's jobs yeah. these protests um but that's that's the point is yeah the whole thing with this pipeline going through their tribe's land it could possibly impact their ecosystem yeah, their way absolutely. of life and it goes through like sacred land and so the the idea of these protests is to be like you're stopping our way of life we're gonna stop your way of life okay yeah and it's and just doing a good job of it yeah it's just <laughs> it's more of just a statement to be like this is like you have to get people talking about this somehow, but I don't want to go too much into it. So basically what happened is the RCMP have been in their territory trying to get them to move this blockade in BC. They filed an inju- like a court injunction and the chiefs, the, um, the chiefs of the tribe said, we are not moving. We're not going to talk to the federal and provincial government until you guys get the RCMP out of our territory. Like, we want this to be peaceful, but you guys have sent in the RCMP, and now it's not become peaceful. So today, the RCMP left. Oh, did they? Yeah, they went to a a town that's 
outside of it. Um, so they're, they're, they're still there, but they're not on their land anymore. And so they're now... They're just sort of keyed an eye on them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the government's all like, the RCMP is, is doing a great job. They've they've moved out of the territory. We're, we're super peaceful and all this stuff. Like now it's, now it's on the tribe side to respect the fact that they are listening to what they've said. They've moved and now you guys have to talk to the federal and provincial government. Yeah. Um, please make note that yesterday a photo came out of the RCMP aiming um, a sniper rifle at one of the protesters no. in BC on their their land. So it's kind of funny. Very how, peaceful of them. Yeah. So it's kind of funny how they moved out of the territory once that photo got released. But that's a whole other story. On the topic of like violence, um, one thing... I want to say is whether or not you agree with these protests, don't try to run people over. I have seen Mm -hmm. so many videos of like people trying to drive through the blockade. So violent. And I know it's frustrating and I know you're trying to get to work, but you could seriously hurt someone. Don't be dumb. Yeah. And leave 10 minutes earlier for work. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) My whole point of this, I don't want to make this a political statement or anything like that. I just want people to educate themselves. I want them not just read one article and base your opinion off of that. We we were talking about that earlier today because I found an article and I didn't know this side of the argument. I thought that the whole argument was basically Canadian government versus the tribe. Yeah. Um, It's the article I sent you where... um, certain members of the tribe agree with the pipeline because they yeah. think it's going to bring them more jobs. Um, it's like an economy boost. Yeah, they think it's going to be an economy boost, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that side of the argument yeah. because everyone's just like, ah, angry protests. Like, So I, I agree. You do need to educate yourself, form an opinion. Exactly. Don't read one news source. Yeah, don't. <laughs> and a lot of news sources are coming out saying that the tribe is divided and they all hate each other, which they've come out and said it isn't true. They do, like the tribe does have a website. They keep the, it updated. Go check it out. Um, I'm just saying, educate yourself, make yourself aware. And my whole point of this is you can be from different cultures and you can have different opinions, whether you think the pipeline's great or you think it's bad. Respect, respect everybody. Everyone has, has the ability to make their own decisions. And that's the whole point of living. Talk with people, get this conversation flowing, whether you want it even not even on this topic on any topic but my whole point is not everyone in this world is going to agree with your opinion and that is okay yeah just have a civil conversation with somebody because they might tell you something that you don't necessarily know that could change your view or just educate yourself be be the best version of yourself and be extremely respectful but at the end of all of this the people's opinion that matter the most in this situation is the wet'suwet'en tribe it is their land at the end of the day, it's their opinion. And the government should be working with the tribe, with the pipeline, and not the tribe accommodating the government's Absolutely. needs. I, Danielle told me that she wanted to bring this up because, like she said, we touched on it in the last episode. But us being us, we don't take things very seriously. No. So I think she just kind of wanted to make know, it serious. A, a formal statement. Yeah. Um, but my, my standpoint is I don't know much about this. I'm pretty ignorant to it. I said this last episode. I try not to watch the news because it just depresses me. Yeah. But here's my thing is like that's the only spot this pipeline can go yeah for real there's nowhere else it can go and the tribe (laughs) actually um came up with two additional routes yeah and like the the coastal pipeline they are coastal pipe on link whatever their name is said it would just cost too much money i didn't go too much about that because i mean like either way it's going to cost a lot of money yeah but I just think the government needs to work with the tribe. It's their land. And if it's going to, whether it's going to disrupt their ecosystem and their culture and their way of life, or it's going to bring an economy boost, you have a right to that opinion. But at the end of the day, it's 
their, their solid opinion. It's their decision. It's their land. And that's all. I, I just want people to educate themselves. That's all. Whether you disagree, you don't like what I've said, that's okay. I respect that. You're allowed to hate us. <laughs> <laughs> but we're fun, so don't hate us. Because I, I listened to last week's episode, and I felt like I was a little bit hostile about it. And immediately, like, I was <laughs> like, yo, fuck these people. Like, the tribe is awesome. Like, I well, obviously, I agree with that. But at the same time, if someone came to me and was like, I believe in the pi- pipeline, this is the reasons why, I, I can mm. respect that. I'm not going to yell at you for it. I can yeah. still be your friend i'm just such a libra that my whole thing is just i just want them to compromise yeah you know what i mean if they want the pipeline that freaking bad just compromise mm-hmm. that's my thing that's all but that's all, all i wanted to say so educate yourself respect people love people and that's all you got to do everyone's different so educate yourselves y'all respect each other um now for some some violence and some gore and yeah. some not nice things yeah which is what i'm sure you're all here for <laughs> I've, i'm so excited about this episode both of our stories are yeah. so cool i went down such a deep rabbit hole i'm gonna start this week um so i spoke to you guys last week about the oakland county child killer and in doing research for that i found out about north fox island and i briefly spoke about it last week but i have been like obsessed with this case since i talked about it i've watched so many documentaries um but yeah i just am obsessed with this case because there's so many layers to it and i did so much research but i still feel like i haven't quite covered it so like i don't know maybe there'll be a surprise part three in the future who Who knows knows? (laughs) but uh just to do a little bit of a recap so the oakland county child killings happened from 1976 to 1977 uh in that time four children were abducted and murders their bodies were left all within oakland county um one theory around the unsolved case (laughs) revolves around north fox island which is a remote island in northern michigan that was tied to a child pornography ring um on a side note i'm terrified that one day the fbi is gonna hack my computer and see all of this research that i did for this they're like this girl is messed up yeah i had so many tabs open and at one point i had looked at all the tabs and it was like child porn child porn ring child porn i'm like oh god this is bad yeah you told me that last night i was like it was yeah i'm not looking at that stuff you're guys. like i'm just doing research i'm not this <laughs> I just person i want to know who did this we're solving it <laughs> so some background on the island uh frank sheldon who was originally from southeast michigan owned it he was from a wealthy family and as far as everyone knew he was a nice guy um a couple people did interviews uh they said they did work on his island and saw nothing but nice things uh he invited them into her home his home for dinner and stuff like that this is why you don't invite random strangers into your house no not this guy nope um so he was a land developer an oil consultant a market investor and an author who never married so homeboy was fairly well off oh he was the only owner of the island he sounds like one of those people that goes to school like a million times because they keep changing their mind on what they want to do (laughs) yeah because same Um, so this alleged pedophile ring included uh, successful businessmen, politicians, basically all of the rich and wealthy who would take the uh, children to the island and have sex with them, perform terrible sexual acts, and make films that were distributed around the world. Um, allegedly, yeah, allegedly um, certain boys were even being traded, uh, slaves for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. between like some sex of the men slaves. involved it's pretty dark uh sheldon and the others were able to attract the children to the camp by using brother paul's children's mission um so it was basically supposed to be like a bible camp for underprivileged children um a lot of the other men there were like i said really rich too and they offered college college i can't talk today it's a thursday it's been a rough week (sighs) it's we're having a hard time we've had a couple of deaths in the last 
2020 months. is off to the worst yeah, start. Yeah, so our whole schedule is off. So pardon us if we're. <laughs> you know what's the when we started off with 2020? My mom came out uh, cancer free, and then it went downhill from there. For yeah, that else. was the last piece of good news. Yeah. So bear with us for a little bit. Yeah. We're it's you know 20 to 8 on a Thursday. We've got to work in the morning. We're trying I'm, our best. <laughs> I'm already a cup into rum or rye, not even rum. That's how how far into it she is. Yep. Um, so yeah, like I said, they would offer um, college scholarships to these boys, and uh, a lot of these boys were from really poor areas. Uh, one of the areas was Flint, Michigan. Just to okay. give you an idea, like that's so, still suffering to this day. So basically, they lured them in with money to be like, "Hey, you're yeah, poor. Stay like, here." What what parent wouldn't want their kid to go to a camp with the promise of college scholarships? Yeah. That like you know, it's a free camp for your kid. Woo! That they can't pay for college. They're like, "This yeah. is a great idea," but little do they know it's a dirt ring yep side note i watched some of the interviews with the alleged victims and it was it was really hard to watch there was one guy in specific i can't remember his name but he he looked kind of like you know when you watch a movie and there's like a rough and tough looking mechanic like a bigger guy with a trucker hat that kind of vibe but the whole time he just had like tears in his eyes when he was talking that's heartbreaking it. it was really hard to watch but one thing um that he said i think i talked about this last week but um all of the boys at his high school had been, or whatever school, had been to this camp. And when they came back the following year, there was so much, like, rage in them. There was fights every day. It was, like, the boys had all turned, like, violent over the summer. And no one could figure out why. No one was talking about it. Because they're they holding to, all this stuff in. And yeah. They're just they like, had I to don't bring know. in the counselors to the school the counselors were trying to figure it out and uh, he did mention that some of the boys did take their own lives as a a result of the abuse so it's just just to show you the impact like this was a very real thing and it affected a lot a lot of young boys who are now you know broken grown men yeah so yeah anyways a search warrant and an arrest warrant were issued for sheldon uh for sexual misconduct in 1976 but he had already packed up and fled the country of course he did (laughs) which he allegedly did because one of his associate gerald s richards was uh arrested on criminal sexual conduct charges as well so he got like a heads up that one of his boys was going down so So he's like i'm next he took off and left he fled to the netherlands um so richards who was the first guy to get arrested he was a naturopath doctor and a boys gym teacher and he was arrested in regards to molestations i'd take took place at his clinic which he also filmed no one has faced charges for anything that happened at this island uh only one person has who i'm going to get to in a minute but everyone else who's been charged with something or arrested for something was on other charges that happened elsewhere so nothing related to the island yeah so like this guy was um he, he got caught at his uh clinic but yeah so he's a complete monster from what i was reading um i read transcripts from a court proceeding with him where they were trying to uh they actually put some sort of law into place as a result of this case it was a child porn law saying mm-hmm. basically that you can't film children having sex which i don't know why that had to I was, why does yeah. it have to be like to be like hey stop like you got to start being a decent human being and not do this it now till the law. 70s without that law how do you go that Holy long without that? i mean i thought that was common sense but i was gonna say me, like right? the fact that you need a law just for that is ridiculous yeah like that shouldn't be a thing. Like, you should not have, you should not I do was, this. I was shocked that it took that long. Wow. But um, in these court proceedings, they used him to sort of uh, figure out how he got into this, how it started. Um, if you want to look that up, it's it's accessible on the web. Um, I can share a link if anyone really wants to, but it's not nice to read. Yeah. Um, he basically started working in a regular porn store, like selling regular porn, and through there met some clients that are like, hey, you want to see something real cool? And, uh, so kind of like how you go to a convenience store and they sell like bootleg DVDs. Yeah, but you go to it, a porn store and yeah. buy bootleg 
child porn. That's so funny. And it just kind of snowballed to where he eventually had, like, boys living with him that he would film. And uh, the whole reason that he um, he himself started molesting the boys and having sex with the boys, um, one boy he actually referred to as his boyfriend, which actually really creeped me out this kid was like 13 or 14 and referred to him as his boyfriend yeah um his wife who he had a wife he was married uh she became ill and was unable to have sex anymore so that's the reason that's why he started this it was really sick and gross to read so he's a complete monster is he dead is he alive i don't remember i don't think so very i think only two of these guys are still alive right now okay because they were in like their 30s 40s in the 70s because I was just going to say this is really mean, but I don't fucking care. I hope he died a very slow and painful death. I hope so, too. One of them died in prison. I know that much. So I hope it was And miserable. I know people in prison don't take that stuff lightly, and they'll kill you. Oh, yeah. So. Absolutely. You know what's bad when, like, you go to jail and you're the worst person in the jail? Yeah. You're gross. That makes me like people in jail because they actually yeah. have a, a heart. Um, so back to Frank Sheldon, he allegedly died in the Netherlands at the age of 68, but there's a rumor that he used his money to change his identity and hide under another name. Oh, so he didn't actually die? He allegedly. Okay. So in 2014, one of the victim's brother, whose blog I used for Mm. almost this entire episode, I'm going to get to that in a little bit. Um, dumb question. Is it like a literal blog or like a Tumblr? It looks more like a professional. Like, I think she's okay. a writer of some sort because she writes very well and she, like, cites sources and stuff. I think she's some sort of journalist or okay. maybe just a casual writer. Okay. Um, her blog is is up there for people to see. Like, mm-hmm. it's not hidden or anything. I found it quite easily. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so uh, it, I think it was Timothy King's sister whose blog it was. But um, as of 2014, she said she strongly believed he was still alive and had sources say that he was 81 years old at the time. I could believe it. I could believe that he was hiding and still alive that whole time. I was going to say, do you think he, I was going to say just like hiding, like doesn't want to deal with the world. He probably created a whole new life over in the Netherlands. The Netherlands is a great place to live. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I don't think he died in a sad place, but fuck, I hope he's rotting now. You never know. We can just hope for the best. <laughs> Um, so another member of the camp, Christopher Bush, whose father was a top executive at General Motors, was also charged with sexual molestation. He is the one that was charged as a result of the Oakland, or not the Oakland County, sorry, the Fox Island camp. Okay, okay. He was found with tapes from the camp. Um, he was also a suspect in the Oakland County killings. Uh, he was only sentenced to one year probation. How the fuck? So the only person charged gets basically house arrest. Um, How does that work? The system's fucked. If you have money, you're fine. It's true. That's very true. It's it's fine. I know, um, a girl who was hit by a drunk driver. This is going to sound bad with what we just talked about earlier, but hear me out. Okay. The (laughs) drunk driver in court, her excuse was I'm native, so I'm prone to drinking problems. And they let her go. Okay. This girl has, like, recurring health issues because of it. She's not allowed to drive anymore because yeah. of this accident. And the criminal system is fucked. <laughs> Everyone just respect yourself and people around you. Don't drink and drive, kids. No. It's not worth it. However, if I die on a head-on collision, <laughs> let me tell you, I am not texting and driving. I cannot text and drive to save my life. I love my life too much. I'm not going to do that. It's However, because I was looking for deers in all the farm fields I live by. We were talking about this. Yeah, I do it all the time too. The last time I drove to Danielle's house, I literally drifted into the opposite lane because I was trying to find deer. 
Um, the last week when I drove here, uh, someone honked at me because I had stopped to stare at cows and yeah. didn't realize the light had turned green. We're like a special kind of breed. <sighs> However, um, two days ago when I was driving to work, there was a dead deer on the side oh, of the road and I cried my whole way to work and I got to work and it looked like I obviously had been crying and everyone's <laughs> like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm not okay. I saw a dead deer. Poor Bambi. <laughs> my life is over. <laughs> I cried the whole... I'm, I would, fuck. too. I'm waiting so for the... Day. Actually, I have hit an animal with my car. I hit a bird, and, and I still can't even talk about it. Did I tell you about the time I hit, ran over a rabbit? I remember that vividly, actually. I talk about it all the time. I didn't drive for three months. Like, I'm not even joking. I'm not being, like, dramatic. Yeah. I did not drive for three months because I was that upset with myself. So, Danielle and I very rarely call each other. I don't like talking on the phone. I don't know. No, but I don't. But she called me when that happened, and I've never heard her make a sound like this in my life. She was just like... <laughs> <laughs> I was so upset. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so back to Christopher Bush. We are so bad at this. Sorry. Um, no, it's fine. People like us. Um, um, so shortly after he was charged, he committed suicide, and the disappearances and murders had stopped. So this okay. could mean he was the killer. Yeah. Or it could just be a coincidence, because I ain't done yet. Kind of um, like the killers, the real killers, like... This guy killed himself. I can use this as an excuse to get away. That's exactly what I have written here. I'm so sorry. Um, no, no, no. It's fine. I love when we do that. Um, so his death, Christopher Bush, is also a mystery in itself. It's officially ruled a suicide, but there wasn't any gunpowder residue found on his hands. And Ooh. it was, um, oh my God, if Travis is listening, he's going to make fun of me so bad. It's one of those long guns. Shotgun? Maybe it's long so like i know that's like not the easiest one to kill yourself with yeah so i feel like there'd definitely be residue all over the place and there was none i don't know anything about guns so i just i don't know either it's a shotgun i have no idea it was long that's all i that's what she said i saw a crime scene photo it was it was quite blurred but they showed the gun and it was like a long one so Mm -hmm. like you'd have to hold your arm out and get the angle right um travis is an avid hunter so maybe he can drop some facts on how that would work just bring the picture to work tomorrow and be like dude (laughs) tell me how this works but yeah no gunpowder residue um they also found a drawing in the bedroom where his body was found and the it's a drawing that depicts a young boy screaming um and a lot of people think that this is a picture of oakland county child killer victim mark stebbins okay there's like a side by side and like it could be yeah um but the fact that there's a picture of a child screaming in general i think says a lot about this man's that's really morbid yeah so his death like i said is is also a mystery seems kind of cover-up-ish to me but i mean at least he's gone because he was genuinely a pedophile i mean yeah. to put that out there he was genuinely a pedophile whether or not he's the oakland county child killer don't know yet um so bush had his own set of several friends that are uh, scum of the earth <laughs> uh one of them was we're just gonna call them a group and it's gonna be scum of the earth yeah these dirt pigs james gunnels was actually a former what was his last name gunnels g-u-n-n-e-l-s it's not what i thought you said <laughs> so he was actually a former victim of bush so uh christopher bush had molested james gunnels when he was a teenager okay and he eventually groomed him into like an associate of sorts so they they started to work together which if you remember last week my theory on the oakland county child killer was that it was more than one person working together oh there you go not trying to say i'm a genius but holly you're a genius i know (laughs) she just did a hair flip everyone she 
<laughs> hair flipped as soon as I said that. <laughs> we got to start a YouTube channel. We, we do. We see how funny we are. But then we have to like do our hair and stuff. I'm not doing my hair the for you The only reason I look half decent today is because I came from work. I have too much eczema on my head. I can't do my hair anymore. <laughs> so Fuck. I'm sorry. I'm winter. <laughs> um, so yeah. So he uh, eventually turned into an associate of Bush. Um, he denied any knowledge of the murders, but traces of his DNA were fi- found on the crime scene, which I didn't find that in my initial research. I found this through the blogs. Okay. Um, one of his hairs was found on uh, the young victim, Christine Mihalik. Um, I also found out that white dog hairs were found on all four of the victims. This fact wasn't released into the public until 2011. So, so way, way later. Yeah. So no one ever found the dog or else they would have found the murderer. Yeah. Um, but I didn't know any of that. That wasn't in any of the articles I read. So, I mean, if his, like, DNA is at the crime scene, then why? He was uh, probably involved as well. Yeah. Guess. Let me just <laughs> put that right in there. Um, another random fact I discovered, um, other major suspects in the Oakland County child killer case, um, included a, the word they used was notorious pedophile, Archibald Edward Sloan. Uh, he became a primary suspect when, uh, they did a random search in his car for some reason. I don't know if it was in relation to another case, but they found, uh, hairs that belonged to samples found on the bodies of Timothy King and Mark Stebbins. Despite this, the police let him go because he confessed confess that he let his friends who were also pedophiles use his car so, so was he the killer or was he an accomplice we don't know there's so many dirt pigs in this city i was gonna say back to your theory of it being more than one person what if like this this bible camp group like all formed a little mini group and I, were, like, i'm thinking that's what happened like they i don't remember the terminology but there's a thing where like someone who is destined to be a killer for lack of a better term they start small and then they need to keep feeding that that void yeah so like maybe the the abuse and the pedophilia wasn't enough for them they're like i need something more so i'm thinking they all started you know maybe jokingly like we should kidnap a kid and then yeah. it just kind of snowballed became a thing yeah which is again we talk lightly we don't mean to this is yeah. awful so another member of this pedo camp his name was gregory green in 1977 he told police that bush had killed mark stebbins um however they both passed their polygraph exams so that means bush passed saying he did not kill mark whereas green passed saying that he did kill mark see i don't know because i know lie detector tests and polygraph tests they're the same thing right Mm -hmm. they can't be used in court anymore because it's been proven that like it's not yeah they can't be the only evidence yeah they can be used as evidence but they can't be like oh he did it he like yeah it can't be the end all the be all i think okay i think like used um, as like some part of evidence, but you can't take it like it can't be 100%. your whole case. Yeah, it yeah. cannot be your whole case. Yeah, because um, there's so many things like you, you, you know, can pass it with lying. Yeah, exactly. You if just you be know good how to it. like calm your body down, but then there's someone like me who like I'm scared of my own shadow. I would yeah. fail miserably. They'd ask my name, and I'd say Holly, and it would say that's not your name. No. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, so he is the one that died in prison. He is no longer. Um, so like, yeah, I'm devastated. So <laughs> I, I write very funny when I'm doing this, I'm writing Jeez. as I'm learning. Stone. So at this point, <laughs> I was, um, at this point in my research, I had thought that Bush was the leader uh, and he was gathering all these guys and doing these things. Um, it makes it sound like it. It does. But wait, there's more. <laughs> <laughs> so I found a lot of strange facts in doing this research 
And I kind of, I think I wrote this towards the end. I kind of feel like I have more questions than answers in doing this. So like I said, there might be a part three. Who knows? So there's tons of evidence that this pedophile camp really existed. But if you Google it, there's no real news articles. It's blogs. It's documentaries. uh, YouTube channels. So like no coverage. But no news. No news Which is weird because like media is up everyone's asshole. Yeah. And especially with cases like this. Now granted this was the 70s so I would understand if there's not a whole bunch of online articles but um, I couldn't even find like newspaper clippings. Mm -hmm. Um, There's I'm going to talk about this in a little bit. There's nods to an article that did exist that exposed this camp but I couldn't find those. Um, wow. Yeah, it's, it's very Which strange. Which is really surprising. When you Google it, uh, if you Google North Fox Island, it's now just called Fox Island, and it's like a... Or something to do with beavers? I can't remember. I got confused. So many animals. Um, <laughs> I was going to say they named it Fox Island, but it has... They've basically made it like a conservation area now, so you can like just go there and hang out. So basically, it's a cover-up. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, there's mentions of articles in 1977 that exposed the island in the first place. This girl was actually, like, fighting so hard to get this exposed. So the police never really investigated it. The FBI didn't care to get involved. There was no mainstream news coverage. But this was, like, a huge pedophile ring. Like, why aren't more people talking about this? Why didn't the police care? I'm just going to guess that money talks. I was going to say, I'm like, because it's a cover-up, and obviously there's, like, politics and stuff involved. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the men involved in the island were either um, politicians themselves or were, like, in the same social circle as yeah. politicians. So how easy is it to they be, like, to hide hey, it. mayor, yeah. million dollars, never write a news article about this. Anyone yeah. writes it, they're kicked out of the town. Yeah. Uh, or whatever threatening thing. Obviously, I'm not going to Or, like, blackmail, <laughs> be like, I have stuff on you, so you've got to keep yeah, this exactly, stuff secret. Yeah, exactly. So there's there's a lot of covering up going on. So um, another running theory as to the whole news coverage thing is that the police saw the Oakland County child killings and were like, let's focus the entire media on this because it's awful that children are dying and people would care about that so it was happening in tandem because you know like i said i think they're related Mm -hmm. but the the police were like no look dead children let's focus on these dead children instead of these rich white men who should have been brought to justice yeah i specify white men because they were all white i'm sorry i don't mean to be that girl but i mean we're just stating facts so um yeah just really convenient timing the whole thing Like, what if, like, the police were involved and, like, for some, like, I know it sounds connected, but, like, what if those child killings weren't actually connected and the police knew it? That'd be even worse. And they were just, yeah. like, let's pin it on, like, that's, focus, that's another focus theory on this. too, yeah, is that um, it's not related. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, exactly what you said. Yeah. Um, so I mentioned above that I was using Timothy King's sister's blog as a source. Um, she's been researching pretty much since her brother was found dead for answers. She's Good for actually, her. Yeah, she's, like, fully invested. Yeah. Like I said, she's really well-spoken. She seems really into her research. She knows her shit. She seems to really just want justice at yeah. the end of the day. She said that um, Which even though these guys are dead, she still wants, like, some sort of formal charge yeah. or something. And it's also, like, a closure for her and Absolutely. her family. Absolutely. The whole family. Um, I, I watched interviews with the families. I'm going to touch on that in a little bit, but it's, it's awful. The impact that this yeah. has had. Um, so she's, like I said, been researching her entire life. Um, she's gotten warnings on her blog to stop digging and to be careful because this is dangerous to look into. So people are telling Why her Why are you to guys stop. saying that? That's what, what we want to know. know. So 
some of these warnings were from people who genuinely wanted to help. She actually has built a little network of authors, news reporters, uh, true crime nerds who are all heavily researching this case. They're all determined to prove that this pedophile ring existed and that it is directly linked to her brother's murder. So there's people out there to this day who are, well, as of 2014, were still um, researching. They were still bringing theories to the police and the police are like, guys, we're tired of this. Shut up. Like, um, <laughs> We have better things to do? Yeah, literally. These people are bringing the police facts and the police are just like guys nah. stop so um i mentioned earlier the the news articles from 1977 um in her blog uh king's sister who's i think her name is caroline i can't remember or charlotte name. or something um she said in her blog Wright, who is the author of these articles from 1977 Wright's reporting in the record eagle was extensive the detroit area news barely touched this mess including the criminal sexual conduct charges filed on behalf of two boys in point Port Huron, Michigan, against Sheldon and his buddy Richards. So again, these guys had charges brought against them, but not to do with the camp. Okay. Um, in the months leading up to Wright's reporting, the Ann Arbor News published a glowing article in their weekend magazine about the great philanthropist Frank Sheldon. Oh, he's such a doll. Yeah. So then they published a second story when his crimes were opposed, uh, exposed. Again, talking about how great he was, how much Wait, of a his, philanthropist he was. They exposed his crimes. And they're like, ha, he's amazing, though. So it's two different newspapers. So Wright, I didn't get her first name, but Miss Wright. Um, is working for the Record Eagle. Okay. And the other newspaper is the Ann Arbor News. So while Wright is writing all of these exposing stories, the bigger newspaper is like, no, look at how good he is. He's bringing your children to camp. He's paying for them to go to college. What a great guy. So they're trying to almost uh, take away her credibility a little yeah. bit. And this is why the media is vile. Yeah, this goes back to what we were saying earlier. Like, you can't follow one news source. Yeah. You just can't. So another piece I read uh, was by a news reporter named Kathleen Firestone. She actually discovered all of this. Uh, she was trying to just write an article about the island in terms of like nature and like visiting the island. Mm -hmm. And then she discovered this. So like that's how well this is hidden that someone who's investigating this, not investigating, but researching this island didn't know about it until she started digging into it. <laughs> and was like probably like, well, what the fuck? Yeah. So anyways, she actually sent a letter to Frank Sheldon in the Netherlands. Uh, she was smart enough not to ask him directly about the murders or the sexual abuse because like who's gonna answer that yeah um but she asked him things about the island like how many deer lived there what was it like and like just fishing i guess i don't know if she wanted to build a relationship with him and then be yeah. like hey did you touch little boys kind of like um, not scare him away yeah so he replied and shortly after she received his letter the fbi showed up at her door to ask why they were in contact really weird that the fbi won't acknowledge this case won't investigate this case but the second they find that they're sending mail to each other snail mail at that they show up at her door and they're like why are you talking to him how do they know that too is the fbi hiding him 110 percent. he's like witness protection at this point it, that's what it sounds like to me in doing this research i discovered a few more open cases of murdered and missing children in the detroit area none of them have been officially linked to the oakland county case but there was uh some similarities like like the tie marks on the wrists and stuff yeah but um a lot of it was so different that they couldn't directly connect it like one girl was uh thrown into a lake or something like that's not the mo at all um which but like that cases before even proved that they not necessarily that they changed their mo but they changed the way they did it whether they went yeah. back and forth sort of thing well that's fair but then this also could mean that you know this could support the theory that other uh, uh pedophiles from this camp are killing too because yeah. maybe that's just a lone ranger who went and did that mm -hmm. you know what i mean um so there's there's a, a group of sickos yeah 
Um, I actually, uh, in doing this case, found out that one of the suspects at the time was, uh, I'm going to fuck up his name, the guy that dressed as a clown, Gacy. Yeah. Um, he was a suspect because he was living in Detroit at the time. So just to tell you how John, fucked isn't up this, it, What's the name? John? I want to say it's John Wayne Gacy. Gacy. Yeah. But I'm bad with names. But yeah, so just really, really interesting that there's you know a bunch of this stuff happening at the same time um like i said earlier i feel like i have more questions and answers at this point yeah my theory is that christopher bush was at least involved along with james gunnels because they're the two most obvious based on evidence based on a bunch of things um initially i was convinced that christopher bush was the 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 leader of this because he quote committed suicide Mm -hmm. um but i watched way out What's that? Took the easy way out. Well, I think he was killed now. After yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, if he did commit suicide, though, then yes, he took a coward's way out. Yeah, but yeah. I think he was killed. Yeah. Granted, he's a pedophile, so I can't feel too, ba- too bad about that. But I think it was a cover-up type thing yeah i was gonna say like stage cover-up um so i think i i said earlier i watched a documentary um where they interviewed some of the victim's family members um i watched the interview after (laughs) i wrote all of this so i'm just sort of i literally added these uh few things in now Mm -hmm. um so like i said they spoke to some of the victim's family members two of the victim's siblings uh one was mark stebbins and the other one was the other girl whose name i'm blanking on i'm so sorry to this this poor girl's family but one of the the female victims um their siblings were in it and they both looked uh i don't want to make assumptions but they looked like heavy drug users Mm -hmm. they looked like they were not living in the best area they looked very heavily affected by what happened to their siblings um mark's stebbins brother um he still says to this day that he wished he walked with his little brother because apparently he was supposed to go with his brother yeah and he was like no i don't want to he made like a stink about it so he got to stay at the i believe they were at like a legion hall or something okay um and he says that you know he wished he walked with him because he could have helped him or in his words he said at least they could die together that is heartbreaking this happened in 76 and 77 and it's still impacting people incredibly negatively to this day and especially Um, like that brother that was like he's basically blaming himself yeah like if he was there he could have done something sort of thing like a survivor's guilt but he also made the point that if he was there maybe they both would have gone and that's not much better for the rest of the family yeah but yeah these two specifically looked very worse for wear they looked like their lives did not flower after they lost their siblings so it weighed heavy on them yeah it's mm-hmm. really sad to see the impact um the only sibling who looked oh, i don't want together yeah i don't want to say like rude but put together was uh christine mihalik's sister um her name was erica she spoke about her theories in the case and she agrees with me she thinks that um bush gunnels and mr green who was the one that died in prison they think they were all involved in both north fox island and the oakland county child killings but she thinks that bush was more of the like the fall guy like he was involved but he wasn't the head honcho Mm -hmm. um i don't know if she had met him or if she knew him through things but she described him really well she said he was like the like a dumb clumsy like uh ogre like like not not the sharpest tool in the shed kind of not someone you would think would like run the show exactly um she said he didn't think or she didn't think he was smart enough to orchestrate kidnappings and murders she thinks that maybe he participated in whatever abuse or torture that they went through but he is not the ring man she thinks that um he was murdered like she doesn't think it was a suicide either yeah and they think that they these guys who were rich and evil and mean um basically well, I mean, I can't say mean because, again, he was still a pedophile. They basically just pinned it on him. 
um, and used his murder to sort of admit his guilt a little bit. So, like, they made it seem like he committed suicide because he felt so guilty about killing all these boys, but really they just killed him to be like, shut up, don't say anything. Yeah, it's a cover-up. The whole thing's a fucking cover-up. Yeah. Um, As for the pedophile ring, it definitely existed. There's no way you can deny it at this point. Now, does Um, it still exist? Yeah. Well, yeah, um, someone actually linked it to the Jeffrey Epstein case. Um, I can't confirm that. I didn't look into it, but I had seen it actually more than once in comments. Um, This was supposed to be like a huge global thing. Um, So it's a potential part three for us. Yeah, I I am. I have more documentaries to watch. (laughs) I really just kind of. I want justice to be served in this case because I feel for the families and I feel for the kids. Um, It's. Like I said, watching the victims and the victims' families speak was, like, really, really sad. And they also the same thing. They just want justice. They yeah. just want to feel that sense of closure. Someone was arrested for the Oakland County child killings. I didn't get to look into this too much because uh, I'm a sleepy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I got tired. But um, allegedly, uh, between DNA and polygraph tests, they've determined that it wasn't him. But I think he's still in custody. It's like a really weird thing. Yeah. So like, hey, who knows? Part three. <laughs> you, you never know. But yeah, that was it. It's a lot. That's a... I was going to say, that is heavy. Yeah. That's a very heavy case, especially since it's, like, not completely solved and there's so many routes. Yeah, it's completely open still. That's so fucked. And I hope those... I hope justice gets served. I hope so, too. Like, I don't... I, I for some reason, feel, like, personally affected by this case, and I don't know why. I, again, think it's just all the interviews I've been watching. It's called the hormones, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> that time of the month. <laughs> That's just, I can't, I can't wrap my head around that case. There's just so much. There's so much. And it's, I've barely touched the tip of the iceberg. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's hard to find articles, like I said. So I've been doing my best with like blogs. And I know blogs and YouTube videos aren't the most reliable sources, but right now that's all there is. Yeah. <laughs> if the internet can find things out and keep like that crazy ass picture of Beyonce on the internet. Oh my God. Then y'all can help <laughs> figure out this case. The one from the Super Bowl. Yeah. Where she, <laughs> and she's like, we need this off the internet. And then internet's like do you know who we are yeah nothing's ever off the internet time to get spooky oh i got a spooky one for you danielle's like oh we're not done for the night no <laughs> i'm i'm it's thursday and it's 8 21 it's and past tired. our bedtime on especially on a thursday um but yeah i got a creepy well it's, it's not like creepy well it is creepy everything that's happened with this situation is just weird mm-hmm. like it's really weird so i'm gonna talk about james dean's car yeah yeah um he was such a hunk he was such a babe they all die too early man i know the worst is the um the plane crash uh buddy holly Holly. and i'm gonna say chubby checkers i just know it's buddy holly yeah sad but very sad um so let's talk about jane james dean's car and i like i know a lot of people know about this like i told my dad i was doing this one and he's like that's gonna be such a good episode i didn't know i knew Mm -hmm. he died in an accident but i didn't know that there was like spoopiness behind it very spoopy it has to do with the car itself so on september 23rd 1955 james dean purchased a porsche 55 or 550 spider uh so before he even like took it on like a huge drive he took it to george barris who is a well-known car like enthusiast customizer builder he's known for the 1966 batmobile oh no way yeah so he designed that so that's what he's most notably known for um he so he took it to him to get it personalized he got the number 130 like painted on the hood and he got the name little bastard painted (laughs) under the porsche's emblem so that's what the car was called little bastard (laughs) funny yeah and james dean was like a race enthusiast like car enthusiast so Mm -hmm. 
it was going to be a race car. Basically. I was wondering why he had like um, I saw a picture of the car and it looks like a race car. Yeah. And you know if that was just like no, the look did. of the car or? Yeah, I didn't go into much detail about his background because I just want to kind of talk about the car. You all know who James Dean is, I um, hope. I hope. If you don't, Google him because he's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main point of this. Um, but at some point after purchasing um, the Porsche, James met up with actor Alec Guinness, who I don't know if you know, he mm. played Obi-Wan Kenobi. Did not know. Yeah. I'm not super into Star Wars. Uh, As I have a Baby Yoda bumper sticker. Yeah, she has a Baby Yoda bumper sticker. I finished The Mandalorian. Did you? I haven't even finished The Mandalorian. I just for some reason could never get into Star Wars, which is huge. I mean, not huge, which is funny because I'm a huge nerd. Yeah. Like, I love Harry Potter. I love Lord of the Rings. I love the Chronicles of Narnia. But for some reason, Star Wars was just never, yeah, I couldn't get into it. I was the same way. And then one night i got like really drunk and i was like well let's watch star wars and Stuart's like are you kidding me so we watched star wars and i've been obsessed ever since hence my dog's name is kylo if anyone hasn't gotten that reference yet but my boyfriend's kind of hoping that the uh the mandalorian will get me into star wars a little bit um i'm intrigued but i mean baby yoda's not in it so i don't know if i care (laughs) but there is yoda he's old and wrinkly yoda. yeah but he's really funny he is funny he is really funny. i've seen bits and pieces of it i just can't i'll yeah. make you watch it one day that's our, our next night you come over i'll go to your house we're watching star wars sounds good okay uh so james dean met up with actor alec guinness outside a restaurant in la and alec was like super weirded out by the car and it was like really bizarre um it just gave him like the weird like juju vibes yeah like, not not a good vibe and after this whole thing happened with james dean he was interviewed and he said word for word please never like told this to james please never get in it if you get in that car you'll be found dead in it by this time next week holy fuck yeah so and (laughs) dean like james dean just laughed it off he's like nah it's nothing did he say why he said that was it just the bad feeling yeah he's like he said he didn't know what like came over him but like he just had a really bad vibe about it and he doesn't know why he said it but he said it wild yeah so as, like it's like right off the bat as soon as james gets the car it's an issue if anyone said that to me i'd sell my car immediately i like i think i say yeah. this every episode i hate cars i hate driving you're like you tell me my car's haunted it's gone you know what you need what a personal chauffeur i do yeah, you deserve I it do. i'm still waiting for chris jenner to adopt me so that i could have this life that i deserve yeah and then <laughs> i will just be included in that family yeah we're a package deal it's um so actually um so after alec has said this a week later on was it a week on september 30th james dean and rolf wotherich so he's like dean's like mechanic and he friend yeah um we're at competition motors which is a dealership in hollywood but i don't think it exists anymore but they're preparing um his car for a rally race in salinas that weekend um so originally james was supposed to trailer the car to salinas Mm -hmm. to the rally race but Rolf suggested that um, they should drive the Porsche instead so the car could get like some get some like working miles on it and James could like familiarize himself with the car. Um, so they drove the Porsche and so it was James and Rolf in mm-hmm. the Porsche. There was a photographer named Sanford Broth and James Dean's friend, Bill Hickman, who was like a stunt driver. He's really well known. Okay. Um, so Bill Hickman were driving in a Ford station wagon with a trailer behind them. So they were going to follow oh, them. Okay. So en route to Salinas at about like 3.30 p.m., Calif- this is this is where it gets really weird. Because it, it starts with Alex's comment and like mm-hmm. people's like weird vibes about it. And then it just gets weirder. So en route to Salinas at 3.30 p.m., um, California Highway Patrol pulled James Dean over for speeding. And the ticket was issued just south of Bakersfield, and James was driving 65 miles per hour in a 55 zone. So about like 100. <laughs> Fuck that cop. Right? <laughs> so it was about 100 
like our because we're um we're KPM. kilometers yeah kilometers per hour um so it was about 100 kilometers per hour for us or in in the night zone that's, yeah that's so it was only fine. yeah so it was only 10 over but uh, when i sorry to cut you off when no, i first no. started learning how to drive not from my driving instructor but from like my friends and family and stuff i was taught that um it's it's more of a suggestion and that you're supposed to go 10 over yeah <laughs> so like that's how canadians drive <laughs> i go 20 over i'm waiting and uh, if no one's around fuck it there's um on because now they've issued um like cameras so they're like there's speed traps so if you drive through and it's not like it is a camera but it it radars you so if you're going like 12 over it can't legally issue a ticket but they send a warning to your house so that like if a cop pulls you over for speeding you already have a warning on your record so they can automatically give you a ticket eh? yeah is that the one they posted the locations of yeah yeah there's one on my drive to work and i'm like you assholes yeah which i get it's by school i mean i don't i don't speed through there but like if you're going 20 over and there's no one around like simmer down guys as long as you're not driving like an asshole exactly i mean don't text and drive just remember the drive. time your mom blew a red light and then they sent her a picture of it and we put it on the fridge for like 10 years yeah and she fought that ticket and she won ladies oh, did and she? gentlemen she I did i didn't know that i still want the picture framed oh we have it on our fridge is it still there yeah i want a copy one day so yeah back back to where we were so james got the ticket for going 10 over but they also ticketed bill hickman so the truck that was behind yeah so he was driving behind james with a 20 over limit so even though he's going the same speed as james they gave him a 20 over limit because he was pulling a trailer weird that seems like not allowed someone in the states like tell me if that's weird because it's fucking weird here so so after um this they stopped off at route 66 at off of blackwell's corner and met up for drinks and they met up with lance Revan Lowe and Bruce Kessler, who was also in that rally race, mm-hmm. the upcoming rally race. So they just had drinks with them, like coffee, like nothing big. Um, and then they left. So at around 5.15, they left the, the coffee shop diner, whatever they were at, and drove west towards Paso Ro- Robes. And about half an hour later, 23-year-old Donald Turnipseed... I am not turnip seed. Turnip seed. I'm. I'm not joking. That's his last name. Oh my goodness! I literally wrote his. I wrote his last name. And Sounds put, like a fairy tale name or something, right? I wrote LOL in, in brackets <laughs> beside his last name. Um. So he was driving a 1950 Ford Tudor. Uh. Yeah, Tudor coupe, and was headed east on 466. And he attempted to make a left turn onto Route 41. So he's driving along, goes to make the left turn, and as he crossed the center line, James Dean, who was driving west on Route 466, crashed into Donald head-on. It's estimated that James was driving like 85 miles per hour, so I think that's like 135 here. So that's like hella fast. Yeah, that's fast. Yeah. Um. So sorry, was was uh, James Dean technically at fault in this accident then, or I don't think there was charges ever laid yeah but it said that he was going too fast like he was speeding yeah um which i mean like you just got a ticket everything that like lays out in this whole story is just really really weird and like kind of like a like an eye-opener like yeah don't speed basically yeah um he his mindset though is probably like he's a rich hollywood actor with a fast car hundred dollar ticket you know what i mean like i'll get another one stack him up bro (laughs) So, yeah, so they, they crashed head-on. So it's estimated that James was going again, 85, which is 135 here at the time of the crash, because the impact was so major that Donald's Ford Coupe slid about 39 feet down the road. Oh, my. Yeah. So the injuries among, like, the three men that were involved, so it was Rolf and James Dean mm-hmm. and Donald, um, varied by a shit ton. Um, so Donald, who was driving the Ford, who turned left, 
Um, only received minor injuries, like bumps and bruises. Like, he just received, like, a scrape on his nose. Oh, wow. Yeah. Rolf, um, who was the passenger, was thrown from the Porsche, which actually ended up saving his life. So, he was thrown from the Porsche, and he suffered serious injuries, like head injuries, fractured pelvis, broken jaw, shattered thigh, bo- thigh bone, Oof. like, fractured legs. But he survived, so that's the main point, is yeah. he survived. James Dean was killed. Yeah. He had several internal injuries and a broken neck. Seconds before the accident, Rolf heard James say that guy's got to stop. He'll see us. And that was the last thing he That's said. That's awfully confident of him. Yeah. I have the opposite mindset while driving. I have to stop because he's not going to see me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, he's like, technically, in that scenario, yes, James was speeding. But the guy turning left, it was his fault because he saw oncoming traffic. You can't just cut in front yeah. of them. Maybe he didn't realize how fast, fast he was going. Yeah. Because you can never really predict it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, he turned left. That happened. Um, Bill Hickman is stated saying, and I quote, we were about two or three minutes behind him. I pulled him out of the car and he was in my arms when he died. His Aww. head fell over. I heard the air coming out of his lungs the last time. I didn't sleep for five or six nights after that. Just the sound of the air coming out of his lungs. Sad. Yeah. And that's the whole thing is like people say like no one has ever said this that that like he's the reason why that james died because like you're not like in those situations just wait for like professionals to show up like yeah. the ambulance and like paramedic or whatever to show up and help with the situation but like are they, so are they saying him like removing james dean from the car probably made it worse could have but i mean yeah, like true, the car like... was so fucked like, like yeah um, but if something was, like, impaling him or something, yeah. yeah, there's so many things that could go wrong there. I'm pretty sure his, like, leg was, like, stuck under the clutch, too. Ew. And, like, his neck, it was just, it was fucked. But, yeah, so he said that. So, James and Rolf um, were tra- both transported to Pestle Robes um, War Memorial Hospital, and James was pronounced dead at arrival at 6.20 p.m. So, Rolf, no, and, like, people have said that, like, Rolf was kind of to blame. Not in, like, the sense, like, they're blaming anybody for James's death at yeah. all. Um, but he also took it to heart and basically said it was his fault. Well, was he the one that suggested they drive as opposed exactly. to, yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those things where like, you know, it's not, you know, he wasn't driving. He didn't do anything, but yeah. had he not suggested that. And they just trail, trailed yeah. the car. You Who never knows know. what would have happened. Yeah. So that was actually my next point is he said, um, to drive the car and not trailer it. So people just find someone to blame other than the yeah. person speeding. So years after the crash, Wolf had suffered like mental breakdowns mm-hmm. and made several suicide attempts. Aww. Um, one night he attempted murder suicide. Oh, um, and during an argument with his wife, he stabbed her fourteen times and tried to kill himself. Both survived. Oh wow! Yeah, so he was like heavily disturbed like, by what happened. Super PTSD. Yeah, yeah, like survivor's guilt, hundred and ten percent. Yeah, so. It said that the crash caused a lot of these problems. Um, however, in 1981, Rolf was driving drunk and crashed into a building. He died at 54. Oh. Yeah. So, that's did, just... Did he do that on purpose? I don't know. No idea. Wow. I just know that he died. It's just very strange that the, the car accident triggered his his mental health issues and yeah. that's how he died. Yeah. So, you think all that weird stuff stemming from, like, Alec being like, you'll be dead in a week. Yeah. To, like, the cop pulling over. It doesn't end there. So, James Dean is now dead, and after the wreck, George Barris, who is the guy that customized mm-hmm. his car. The Batmobile guy. Yeah. <laughs> the, that's what, we're just going to call him the Batmobile guy. Um, so, he actually purchased James Dean's port, like wrecked Porsche for 2500 bucks. That's dark. Yeah. And that he, goes back to the, like, Charles Manson mask a yeah, little bit. Yeah, exactly. It's just weird. 
Um, but he transported the car back to a shop. When the car arrived at the shop, it slipped off the trailer and broke one of the mechanic's legs. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so George ended up selling parts of the wrecked Porsche. He sold the engine and the drivetrain to Troy McHenry and William Escard. Escard? Sorry if I butchered your name, but, but <laughs> last names are hard. Um, so Troy and William were actually racing against each other, and both of their vehicles had parts of, like, the wrecked Porsche in them. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if one had, like, the full engine, but, like, parts of the engine, and one had, like, the drivetrain in it. During that race, Troy lost control of his vehicle and crashed into a tree, killing him instantly. Oh, wow. Yeah, and in the same race. And William's car randomly locked up when he tried to make a, a turn and rolled over. He survived but suffered serious injuries. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, so George, um, had actually sold two of the tires from the Porsche that were completely untouched, like were in the wreck, but were fine. Yeah. Um, so he sold them to some guy and the first time the guy drove his car with those two tires, both tires simultaneously blew, causing the car to like roll off the road. Yeah. He didn't die, but that's a little bit weird. Thieves ended up actually breaking into George's, um, shop where he kept that Porsche and um so attempted to like break in steal parts one of the guy's arms um tore open trying to steal the steering wheel oh my god yeah and other the other guy was injured trying to remove the blood-stained seat so he had like really custom seats in the car and there was blood you can see in the pictures there's blood like, on it like james dean's blood? yeah james dean's blood they just left it there yeah <laughs> it's it's nuts but uh yeah so he tried to steal like the the seat and it, yeah i don't know so it's just really freaking weird so he was injured trying to remove that the bloodstained seat and none got away with what they tried to steal with so i have a thought what if the car wasn't actually haunted until after james dean died and this is james dean being like fuck you guys stop taking pieces of my car could be or it could just be a cursed car yeah because i know there was only like 90 car 90 550 spiders made or mm-hmm. some, something something like car yeah like super super rare i don't know anything about cars neither do i that's why <laughs> hey lucas if you're listening tell me about the 550 spider because you're the only person i know that knows about cars thanks, lucas. thanks. uh so yeah those so the seeds try to steal those and got fucked basically <laughs> um so george finally realized that maybe he should stop selling parts yeah because it's like a downward spiral at that point and was planning to just hide it away, but the California Highway Patrol reached out to George and convinced him to let them borrow the vehicle for their highway safety exhibit. So, okay, like when they do the mad uh, yeah. drunk driving thing, and they have, yeah. Yeah, so like one, I looked at like these pictures, and like one of the pictures is the car sitting up and being like, James, De- the picture literally says James Dean's last sports car. Ooh. It's creepy as fuck like it's and it's like the wrecked car i will car. say i do like those ads because i do think they're effective but god mm. damn are they dark mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's kind of like right to the point but it's also gruesome yeah but so yeah so george let the highway patrol take it for their safety exhibit um so the first exhibit didn't even begin be- uh, like to be a thing because the exhibit that was housing the porsche burnt down with the car inside oh um very spooky because the car didn't suffer any of the damage from the fire. I, as soon as you said that, I was like, the car's fine. Yep. Yep. <laughs> car's fine. Um, but the exhibit was not. Wow. Um, the second exhibit was at a high school and the car ended up falling off display and landing on a nearby student. Oh, and it broke their hip. Oh, fuck. So um, during one of the transports the like to the exhibits, I think it was like from Miami or something, uh, the truck driver who was transporting the the porsche lost control of his truck and i don't know how the fuck this happened because it doesn't make sense to me Mm -hmm. um so he lost control of his truck and the driver was ejected from his vehicle and somehow the porsche fell off the bed of the truck and squished the driver driver and he died dude i don't get it 
this is dark. This yeah. car is dark. Yeah. It's freaking weird. So killed him instantly. And the car is basically like, yo, bitches, you can't <laughs> do anything. So I own you. Was it was James Dean the original owner? Was yeah. he like Yeah? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so after that, George was finally like, fuck this thing <laughs> and decided to scrap the car. So he had it transported back to him, but when the transport got to his shop, the truck, the car was gone. The truck wasn't, the car wasn't like in, on the, the bed. What? Yeah. So they like opened the thing and then no car. How do you lose a car? No idea. And the car hasn't been found since. S- seriously? Yeah. It's missing. No one knows where the car is. Yeah. That's insane. I didn't yeah. know any of that. Like, yeah. I knew he died in a car crash, but I didn't know it was, like, a thing. Isn't that weird? That's insane. Yeah, so all these things, like, it's like, a, oh, you have parts of my car? Well, now you're dead. You have tires? Oh, now you're blown out on the side of the road. That's crazy. You want to look at me? I'm going to fall off this exhibit and break your hip. So this thing's definitely cursed. Yeah, definitely. definitely haunted. 110%. How do you think that would happen if he's, like... Because I asked why he was... If he was the original owner, because, like, if he wasn't, then maybe the previous owner had died or yeah. something. But, like, how do you think something like that happens? Like, how does something I, become cursed? I have no Is it idea. a matter of maybe they used a material that was from a land that was sacred or something? Like... Yeah. Fuck. I have... Or maybe it's... Maybe you're right, and it actually is James Dean. Well, that's, I, I started thinking because, uh, technically the whole, like, you're going to die in a week thing, while that is ominous and terrifying, could just be a coinky ding. Yeah. But, like, you know, the, to me, it makes more sense that all this stuff afterwards is, is James Dean being like, stop touching my fucking car, guys. Yeah. Like, you're hurting my car. Yeah. Or maybe he's just upset that he died in a wreck. Yeah. So I'd be pretty mad too. Yeah. Um, that's insane. I didn't know any of that. Yeah. So no one, no one knows where this car went. George to this, like, he's dead now. But George to this day has said that, like, I don't have the car. don't know where the car is. Don't care to find it. Yeah. <laughs> someone stole it. It's not my problem What's anymore. What's your theory? Where do you think it is? I have more to tell. Oh, there's This is more? not where this ends. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but yeah, so in 2005, Volo Auto Museum, located in Illinois, issued a $1 million bounty on James Dean's Porsche. Uh, literally, like, 10 years later, they got a tip um sean riley a 47 year old man from washington state was undergoing psychological counseling when the subject of a scar on his finger popped up in like his therapy and (laughs) he couldn't remember how he got that scar but the therapy revealed a memory sean recalled that his father who was a carpenter had brought him along on a job in 1974 when he was six years old they had met up with several men who wanted a wrecked sports car and said sports car was hidden behind a secret wall sean now remembers that he cut his finger on that car he also thinks one of the men who were in that room with him and his father was george barris the owner of james dean sports car yeah so um he also had remembered some controversial details that supported his claim and offered to take a polygraph test which he passed Oh, wow. Yeah. So Sean doesn't own the building that the Porsche is said to be in. So again, like it's said that this is James Dean's sports car. He's hiding, mm-hmm. the sports car is hiding behind some mysterious secret wall in a building that apparently George Barris knows about. So he's in on it? Yeah. So people think that he had said that it got stolen, but he hid it instead. Like an insurance money scam type of thing? It could be like... insurance or he knew it was cursed and was like, fuck this. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So. It's said that, like, as a rumor that he knew where it was. The way, like, the million-dollar bounty works, so Sean doesn't own the building that the Porsche is said to be in, and to get that $1 million, you have, like, $1 million bounty, you have to own the vehicle. Currently, it would be George Barris, because he was the last known owner. So now that he's dead, it's it's whoever owns that building. 
if it's in no one knows where this building is no um well sean does so sean isn't giving any idea where this building is until he knows he can get a certain certain chunk of that money (laughs) yeah so last again last known owner was george barris and there's been nothing updated since 2015 because this is when that all happened so how reliable do you think this guy is with the whole building thing i don't know so he pat like there was a statement from the museum saying that they're like certain that this is true but like it's not like george bears owns that vehicle anymore because he's passed on Mm -hmm. so if it is hiding behind some secret wall whoever's building it is technically owns that vehicle and this guy won't give up the name of the building yeah because like if that owner of that building pulls down that secret wall and is like hey i found the car it's now his and now he gets that million dollars yeah it's it's, it's nuts (laughs) what is this shit (laughs) i don't know so yeah that's kind of weird so people say like george bears knew where the car was at all times Mm -hmm. and didn't actually like didn't actually get stolen um but he died in 2015 so the same time this all shit happened um but you want to know something extra creepy always so james dean had done a car safety film before his death and in it he says take it easy on driving um the life you might save might just be mine oh fuck yeah jeez <laughs> oh, yeah um so bill hickman um who was one of james dean's really close friends um this is what he said about james dean after the accident and i quote in those final days racing was what he cared about most i had been teaching him things like how to put a car in four-wheel drift um because he was a stuntman mm-hmm. um, but he had plenty of skill on his own he had lived if he had lived he might have become a champion driver we had a running joke i'd call him little bastard and he'd call me big bastard Aww. i never stopped thinking of those memories so bill died in 1986 from cancer oh yeah can we but, call each other a little bitch and big bitch yeah we I can like that. i like it too but what a weird tale yeah i didn't know that much i knew it was like a cursed car but i didn't know all those I had creepy no idea things it was even cursed yeah i didn't know what you were gonna tell me today i knew it was an accident and that's it yeah I I kind of wonder if this guy is just bullshitting the whole building thing because that's like he wants a million dollars. Yeah, he gives him the money and he runs. Yeah, but that's yeah creepy, right? Creepy. I liked possessed items mm-hmm. and such, like that doll that's in that museum. That's yeah, one. That's one of the episodes. I have it on my board, my little vision board. board. Vision, yeah, vision <laughs> board. Um, I have a notes app. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have like a huge list. Like I have a couple of other cursed cars I don't want to talk about. JFK's car is one of them. Well, that makes sense yeah. yeah i mean can you imagine being his wife and picking up his brains on the back of his car Ugh, imagine him being i've seen sh- it so many times and every time i'm still like what is she doing right like if if your husband gets shot in the head right beside you in a moving vehicle why are you picking up his brains i think it was like a shock thing like maybe she was trying to like put him back together or something i didn't know this but um i don't know how i got onto the subject of jfk but i was looking at um like pictures and stuff from the day he was killed and there's a woman who has uh, the camera yeah who's facing the opposite direction yeah. and they can't well she's probably dead now because she looked elderly yeah but they couldn't find her yeah and why wouldn't she come uh, why wouldn't she come forward yeah that was my thing that's crazy that's another conspiracy case but that's... i'm just convinced that everything ever is a government cover-up everything everything especially in the states i'm sorry we love you but your government <laughs> is really You're out so... of this world right now but yeah that's james dean's car this is fun a yeah. thursday night party i was like we're gonna post pictures of his car but i think we're just gonna post a picture of james dean because that's nicer to look at yeah i have a couple pictures um i don't know if i'm gonna post that drawing that i mentioned because it's it's a little disturbing yeah but if we don't post it just google it yeah google's your friend guys it's not hard to find no uh so if you're not following us on social media at this point here you, they are you should do that because our instagram is a spooky hour podcast 
which we have a really cool giveaway and we're almost there. It's We're almost there. We're getting pretty close. We are loving all of the shares. We are loving all of the support. I'm getting selfies from people. It's super fun. I'm trying to check how far away we are from the giveaway. We're at 166. We need 200 followers. Get to work, you guys. That's like 40 people. Wait. Under nope. 40. We're under 40 at this. 30, 34? 34. 34. Math is hard. Math is... Not, neither of us passed math in high school. We both failed the same math class, so... <laughs> Um, but you can hit us up on Twitter at Spooky Hour, and we also have a Gmail. So the Spooky Hour Podcast six 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 at gmail dot com. It is also in our Instagram bio. But you can email your spooky tales to us, anything from UFOs to your own personal spooky tales. Let us know, and we're going to make an episode eventually. We have a couple right now. It's definitely going to be in the future, but. Yeah, let us know more. We want to hear what experiences you have had. So hit us up. Like Danielle said, the email is in the bio. Yeah. I think that's it, man. I think that's it. It's a weird... I was like, I'm going to sleep in tomorrow, but it's Thursday. Yeah, it feels very Friday right now. I got to go home and make my lunch. I have to go to work early tomorrow, too. Earlier than I usually go to. Keep entering our giveaway so we don't have to go to work anymore. Yeah. And we can do this all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Yo, Blackcraft, I'm wearing your pants again. (laughs) Danielle's determined to get Blackcraft to notice us. And I mean, why not? They're cool clothes. They're so cool. Like, I live in Canada and their shipping is crazy, but like, I will give you my lump sum of money. Um... I didn't even tell you this, but HLN Network, who mm. uh, airs like forensic files and like they keep liking all of my comments and stuff. And I'm like really excited. I oh, really want them to follow us. Which, God. fun fact, before we go, I just want everyone to know that there is a new season of Forensic Files airing this Sunday on HLN. This is like the first new season in like 20 years. The most important question, Holly, is did you text my mother? Um, I let her know about it a while ago, but it's like oh, even f- better. officially happening now. Like oh. it's it's coming out this Sunday. I think I told her probably like before Christmas last year. She's going to shit her pants. I'm going to have to send her a text. Yeah, she's going to cry. But I'm excited because I've definitely watched every single episode that's available right now. I feel like you've watched it like eight times. I have. I, um, yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, we're going to go on this big story. I was going like, to no, try to defend I it. I just, I'm just a sick person. There's nothing know. wrong with it. <laughs> I really like it. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that. If you guys watch, uh, shoot us a comment. We'll talk about how cool it was. I'm excited. You mean Holly will talk about I it? I will talk about how cool it is. Because I don't do social media. We'll get your mom on the next episode. We'll just do a forensic files review. <laughs> she would be the happiest camper in the world. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to head out. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah, and remember to respect people's opinions and be nice and loving and kind. And if people don't agree with you, that is okay. And if they if you don't agree with them, that's okay. You can still be civil human beings about it. Just be nice. Be friendly. And stay spooky. Stay the spookiest, my friends. Bye.